Hello, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Deanna. And you're listening to ArtWise. I was like dancing. It turned into a, like a really nice stretch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's just stretching over there. Yeah, no, I'm like, I was like doing a little like, like arm. I I hope that people watch the video version of this, but I know most people don't. But I was doing like a little like a little arm thing. I don't know. I try new things. It's the same song every time. I don't know why I act like it's different. My dance is usually just like a little or like mixing it up. <laughs> but today I just kind of was like, you know what? I'm really tired. Maybe I'll do like a little stretch. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ArtWise. Today, we're, what are we talking about today? Art and, um, I guess, like, mental health and getting, uh, you know, into the groove of becoming an artist, I guess, would be the primary focus, I guess. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Sure, let's go with that. So, uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit further than just your name, talk about who you are, what you do, and uh, why you're talking about what you're talking about today <laughs> well my name is deanna gray and i'm an artist known as uh, gray Ari art on um on instagram tiktok and all of the socials i guess and i have been an artist since um since i was a kid so probably like 2010 but um i didn't start making like my own brand until like 2019 and then COVID hit so <laughs> um it really kind of took off from there because you know a lot more time a lot more focus and then i started off like a career with English in mind. So I was going to be a writer. I was looking into technical writing more than anything, but then I switched over to possibly doing more creative writing. And then I decided that I wanted to go into the graphic design field because creativity is like where it's at rather than just writing more of drawing aspects. But like with like the mental health focus is like I have ADHD. So like I have every medium known to life in my uh, onslaught of projects. <laughs> Um, and then staying focused and then also with like anxiety stuff and whatnot, um, just trying to stay put and working on stuff and staying motivated has always been like a highlight of what I do. Cool. Are, so are you, are, is like, are you a designer now? Like, is that like your day job? Yeah, I'm trying to work on it. I'm mostly just freelance at the current moment, but hopefully that branches off into more. Um, but yeah, like kind of like the content creation of the designing of like brand awareness and whatnot. Okay, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you kind of sh talked about it a little bit already, but can you share like your like your Batman origin, not Batman, like your artist origin story, but like as like from the perspective of like if you were Batman in like a really dramatic tone, like oh, how did you first dramatic. discover discover like your passion for art and what led you to pursue art and design as a career, but in the tone of like a bat like a Batman. And like a Batman, I don't think you know? I can do Batman justice. Um, I don't have that deep of a voice, but <laughs> basically when I was younger, um, art was never really a big thing when I was like really little. And then, but my dad was an artist. Um, he went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, which now uh, doesn't exist anymore, sadly. Um, but he went there and uh, he decided that it wasn't going to work for him. So I kind of was always deterred from it when I was really, really little. Uh, but I met my half sister when I was about 10 years old. Um, 10 or 11 and she was a big, big artist she was going to go to school for art and psychology so she kind of threw me into it and we both kind of like bonded over that so growing up then I became obsessed <laughs> with like the art world and I did um, hyper realism for a really long time and drove myself mad <laughs> um, and then uh, from there uh, I wanted to go for graphic design initially but obviously because my dad's passed he was like let's not do that find something as a safer option which I'm not a big math person or a science person so I was like English will be the way to go which is a weird thing to look back because I'm like that's also not considered a stable ma major <laughs> yeah I was like huh it was one I could get tasked with I guess that's still creative <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I realized that technical writing was boring and uh, in 2019 I wanted to make a, a large change in my education. So I was doing my English degree bachelor's at the same time as a, currently I'm still in a graphic design for an associate's right now at a community college. So 
Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. That's so weird because my dad's also an artist and he also went to a college that doesn't exist anymore. And I just feel like we're twins now or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. I had a lot of artists in my family. Um, My uncle Gary as well was an artist. He passed away in um, the 80s um, due to uh, suicide, unfortunately. So I never got to meet him, but I feel really close when I do work just because he did a lot of the more like punk kind of uh, creepier art. So I'm like, that, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on there. <laughs> Do you believe in like spirit guides? With, with him? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I've, I've had, cause I, I like with my, I don't know how much you know about my personal business, like apart from art wise and all the other stuff I do. But I am also in the brand design space and pretty much I'm at a point where pretty much all of the businesses that I work with are like spiritual based businesses. So I work with a lot of like psychic mediums, Reiki healers, uh, astrologers, like people like that. And a lot of like psychics, psychic mediums, they're like, you have no idea like how many ancestors you have who are artists who are just like helping you with like your creative stuff and like how many of your ideas are actually through them. And I'm just like, but I don't like know of anyone specific. And they were like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh. it just kind of makes me feel like comforted of like, this is where I'm meant to be kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, it's in your in your roots, right? Yeah, that's something I've learned heavily from this podcast is like, if you get off course, you're gonna you'll be corrected. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you decide like, it, you can't really, you can't really make a wrong decision like everything is kind of like a part of the path and it's so interesting because I've had so like what this is this will be episode 92 of Artwise. that's crazy so that's almost 100 people obviously not every episode I'm interviewing people but still very many people who I've interviewed and I would say about half of them like you made this decision right art isn't stable art isn't secure which first of all I don't really believe in security um, and I think I've said that on this podcast a lot, but I don't really, definitely. it's not real anyway, but uh, a lot of people say, oh, I want to do something more stable, more secure. Uh, and then they get corrected. They get course corrected. <laughs> so I don't really feel like there's any wrong way. Also writing too, and like English language arts being that not, not even just because it's creative, but it's also really immensely helpful because art really is just visual storytelling. So yes. 100% just it, less words in one way <laughs> even if it feels like you're kind of like went off the path for a little bit I really feel like you don't <laughs> like it's all part of it like there's no rules to how you have to live your life I wish like more people told me that when I was younger like I there's no rules because there is there's no rules uh, people try to make you think that there's rules like society like they build all of these like rules and they're like this is I just I don't know do you follow me on Instagram probably not oh, right? I do oh really (laughs) oh okay I just posted on Instagram a reel because oh fun fact everyone behind the scenes content I got the time wrong for this recording session but like in a good way in the best possible way I was an hour early and I because I have a recording session tomorrow with somebody else and it's it starts at nine and we're recording now at 10 so I was like hmm I got on and I like sent her the link and everything. I tried to play it off like it was intentional, but it wasn't. I really did think we were supposed to record at nine because I got confused because I have a 9 a.m. recording session tomorrow. But I was like, oh, I'll just like do a voiceover for some design work that I did yesterday and like post like a reel and a TikTok. And the reel was literally about how school is stupid and dumb and like pointless and how... What did I talk about? I don't even remember. The blunder of this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, what did I talk about in my reel, my Instagram, and my my TikTok? It was just about how, oh, yeah, I had this teacher. She was my sophomore year language arts teacher, so I was, like, 15. And she would always pose questions to us, but then she'd get really pissed off if we disagreed with her. God, that woman hated me. My teacher, look, I'm one of those people, you either love me or you can't stand me and everything I say just makes you want to like draw like a stake through my heart like a 
what are those things that they kill vampire i'm not a vampire but you get like a steak mer- yes like well not like a like see because when i think of steak i think of like this like the food not I like i think it's just still called a steak like the wooden sharp bit right <laughs> yeah i just like keep imagining somebody hitting me across the chest with like a raw steak but that's not what i mean i mean like murder but it it's so this woman and it's so funny too because after this story just kind of like I don't know something triggered the memory and I was like I should talk about that on my account because I got in a lot of fights with this this woman about a lot of different things and one of them was the fact that I thought school was really stupid uh ironically because I was in one of her only honors classes and so it was like I was against the whole class But this woman constantly in this language arts class, she would ask us all of these like really dumb, well, not dumb, they weren't dumb questions, but it was dumb that she like, they were opinion based and she would ask us. And when I would give my honest opinion and it wasn't like what she wanted, she'd just get really angry. And I remember this one time she put up and these were like uh, warm up questions. I don't know if you remember in high school. They like you'd walk into the class and there would be like a warm up on the board or something like these were like warm up questions. And one of them she was asking, do you think like having good grades directly correlates to how successful you're going to be in the future? And of course, like being an honors class, everybody was like, yeah, we do. That's why we try so hard. And I was the only one in that entire class that was like, no. And I think it's dumb that you would even try to in what indoctrinate. I don't know if that's the right word, but like that's such a like a like a harmful opinion to have and she was like how is it harmful Beneficial to have like like the varying because then you can all talk about like well why do you see it that way and why is everyone else trying so hard so like why would a teacher be upset with you is the weirdest part well that's the thing is she would use a lot of these warm-up questions and I have a lot I've had a lot of problematic teachers and I have a this is like one of the only good learning traits I have I have a really good memory it's the only reason why I was in like AP dual honors classes in high school. Uh, I can't read. I can't spell. Uh, I'm pretty good at math for some reason. I don't really know why. Uh, it just makes sense to me. But like, I have a I have a really good memory. Uh, and like, that was the only reason I ended up in like these classes that were probably like more advanced than I probably realistically should have been in because I really didn't care. But she, I think use these questions as opposed to I think the intention was exactly what you said like let's have a discussion but more often than not it it turned into uh, this child is like thinking harmful things and I'm gonna try and change her mind but I just don't think traditional education is important and throughout my life I think for myself personally I think for some people it is I think some people it helps them out a lot and they need it with their learning style, but I don't think it's essential for everyone. And that was the point I was trying to make when she was saying, yo, if you get good grades, that means you're a hard worker. And that means that you will be successful in life. And that's what everybody was kind of agreeing. You know, yeah, I'm a hard worker and I work really hard on my grades and I'll do that in my career and that'll make me successful. But I was trying to explain to her and she just was not having it. (laughs) I was like, hard work isn't the answer to everything like no it's not it's it's like I've always believed in this always my whole life if you follow what you're passionate about and what you love the the rest will just kind of fall into place and it doesn't always feel like that because I feel like right like for me I know right this I sound nuts sometimes on this podcast this is just one of those times but I feel like Something that's really important to me in my life is that it like I have a good story. It's like that with everything because I like to tell stories on this podcast. I like to talk. I'm a talker, a gift of gab. And I like to have stories to tell. And I like when really weird, some may perceive as like bad or chaotic. I like when stuff like that happens to me because then I have a story to tell. And I love that. And I feel like with with my life through things that I've experienced, I've proven to myself like, I because she was trying to say like college is so important and I was like I don't even know if I want to go and she was like why why are you in all these like difficult classes if you don't want to go and I'm like it's just a waste of money like these classes are free education is free I love to learn I love learning things but school isn't the only way to learn things you know not everybody it's like that saying that's like 
It's like trying to teach a fish how to climb a tree. I learned much better through experiencing. And I feel like the way that I taught myself design even was better for me personally, because I'm a fish. I'm not going to climb a tree. I'm going to swim around in the water, you know, like I'm not, (laughs) I'm going to learn through experience. And that's exactly what I did. Instead of going to art school, like I initially thought I wanted to do, I got a job as a designer at a custom t-shirt shop that paid minimum wage. And I learned there. And then I worked at a bunch of other design jobs and I just like continued to learn. And uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Derail is the best portion, right? But um, (laughs) I feel like it's really interesting because like even like with like someone that has like gone to college, I mean, I was on a five-year program, but still with like my English degree is like I was doing well in in the degree but something didn't fit right and then I started having a lot of anxiety from it because it like I didn't want to do it so towards like the end I kind of panicked and then decided to kind of do like the dual enrollment kind of thing now I think when I was at it, it was Clarion University which also doesn't exist anymore they merged but um they when I was there I didn't meet anybody and I didn't talk to anybody. Like I talked to professors, I made some friends, but I didn't meet anybody that was going to like hype me up or bring me these opportunities or tell me these things. And I think that's the most important thing that if you're not going to do that in a university standpoint, then you shouldn't go to college. Because when I went to my community college, which some people see as like, you know, a lesser education, which is also a weird portion to kind of think about, but when I went there, I met people and I have talked to people that have actually tried to help me find opportunities and places and help me with interviews and questions. And that has been the most beneficial portion, not the classes, but the people I have met. And you could do mm-hmm. that without having to go to school and having to go to university is just like reaching out and trying to find these people that will hype up your adventure, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think that this is... Part of why I said earlier, like her kind of preaching this belief onto us as children was really, really harmful. And I don't think it was intentionally harmful. I don't think she was trying to set us up for failure. I just know that, like you said, there are different ways to get the same kind of support. And it it just kind of made it seem like, like her, the way that she was teaching it to us made it seem like there was only going to be that one way to do the thing that, you know, to live the life that is good and stuff like that. Like it's, it's just you don't need to drown yourself in busy work to get by. And that's like a weird thing that like high schools really push. Yeah, that and also the notion that like, you have to go to college to find success, too. Because I know, There were a lot of, I had a lot of friends in high school who just school just wasn't their thing and they beat themselves up over it. They were like, oh, I'm never going to get a good job. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to blah, blah, blah. And it was so heartbreaking because these teachers are pushing this whole, like, I guess, agenda that this is the only way. And I feel like even, even for artists, a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're, if you're going to be an artist, at least go to college for art. But I I tried that and it's so expensive. Um, actually, I, I never tried it. I saw the price tag and I said, never mind. But um, it's so expensive and art, it's, I'm not going to say that art is not well paying because there are ways to be very, very well paid in the creative in- industry. But college sets you up to get a job and jobs don't pay good in general, they just like any job, any job that you get, if you're working for somebody else, like you're, you're not going to make as much as you could make as if you own your own business, or if you started your your own thing. And they don't teach you that because we need like they we need workers because like, people having jobs is an important thing. But I also like recognize it's not for everyone. And I just feel like it's so harmful. It's so harmful. I was thinking about a lot of teachers earlier, but I feel like kind of steering into the mental health topic that we were supposed to be talking about this entire time. I feel like that's why it's harmful because I feel like the system that's set up for everyone, not just artists, but for everyone, it's, it's like, it's like mind boggling, right? It's just, yeah. Like it's, it's hard because they, they set you up like 
we're all aware that everyone is different and has different strengths and different passions and different things that they're good at. And yet the system that was put in place, like puts so much value on the opposite of that on everyone, just like doing what they're told. And it's just like, it's hard because it's like that. Did you hear about that robot that like killed itself because it had to do a job? Yes. It was the, um, it was like the big arm, right. It was like consistently scraping. Yeah, it w- well that one. I'm talking about there so, with this happened like recently. It it was powered by AI and it was like a robot and his job was to like pack boxes or something like like a very like medial like same doing the same thing over and over again task. And it was powered by AI and it was programmed to do this like one specific task and it was told like this is your purpose, this is what you do and after I don't know exactly how long. I should probably look this up if I'm going to quote it. But after a certain amount of time, a very short period of time, the robot just like literally disconnected itself and said, actually, if this is my purpose, like I'm not going to do it. And it just turned itself off because it was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, what does that say about us? Like we as humans, our whole life, I feel like we're brainwashed into thinking that we have to pack boxes when you don't have to pack boxes. You don't have to dis dis disassemble yourself and disconnect yourself, but you don't have to pack boxes either. You can do whatever you want. You're a human being. Yeah, there are choices that you can make, right? Like there's and then there's some people like, especially like within the art world, like there's some people that art can be a hobby consistently and that's fine. And they can do the monotonous, you know, packing boxes, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm they can do that kind of labor and then go do the art stuff separately. But then there's some of us where it's like, no, I can't do that monotonous thing. My Anything that I need to do needs to be within the creative field or, you know, driving that creative force. And that needs to be the, the highlight of my life. Right. Yeah. I think some people find joy in doing, um, well, actually, I don't think I, I know that a lot of artists find joy in, in doing those like more like menial jobs that are not related to creativity because it gives them. Honestly, I, I'm one of those people. I do kind of like those tasks. When I worked at a custom T-shirt shop, I was over and did all of the vinyl work because I liked peeling the vinyl because I found that it was really easy for me to get into a meditative state. And I'm a type of person like my brain doesn't turn off. Even when I try to meditate, you know, like I feel it, <laughs> my brain just doesn't turn off. And I found that when I do like weed vinyl, I have to like focus on like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever weeded vinyl before, oh, but to, to anybody I'm crazy, but <laughs> to some people, a lot of people hate it. But to the people listening to this who don't know what, what weeding vinyl, like what, what the hell is that? So Vinyl is, it's like a material, you can use it to make signs, t-shirts, mugs, like whatever. And it's just like, essentially you stick it onto stuff is basically what you do. And it's just like a solid color. And it's like kind of like a, it's vinyl, that's the material, but I would compare it to like a stretchy, like plastic. Well, it's actually not all vinyl is stretchy, but some of it is. And it's just like you, majority, you can stick it to stuff. And how you use it is you'll have something called a plotter and it's basically this machine and it'll cut out your designs. Um, And then you have to weed the negative space so that when you stick it to something, it's not just like a big square. Like it's, you have to like peel out your designs by hand and that's how you do it for anyone who didn't know about vinyl that's listening to this. But I would do that. And I loved it because it got me into a meditative state and I got to turn my brain off and I, I could really sit down and focus. And I, I literally bought a, a cricket because I was like, I don't know how, like, this is the only way I can meditate. Uh, and I, I don't even use it really anymore because I'm just like, I'm so slammed and so busy, but the options there, <laughs> but it's things like that. Like I know not everyone enjoys doing stuff like that. I know like with certain things, I'm like, oh, I don't, that's not interesting to me. But like with other things, I'm like, oh, this is actually seems really nice. It's like Sudoku or like a coloring book. It's like very meditative. And I think yeah. it's, it's super with cutting out stickers. So like, I feel it in there, just not the vinyl, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's different for everybody. And I feel like it's just, it's so important as human beings to recognize, especially creatives, because creatives are so diverse in their interests. And I feel like as as a whole, as a group, creative people are more passionate than the average person about their their interests. And I that's why I think it's so important that we don't push this narrative of 
you have to live your your life a certain way. It goes back to like picking a career because it's more f- supposedly more fruitful and easy to live off of. Like there's no rules. And I also like even the most successful people too, especially in the creative field, like I feel like a lot of people who tried to do a career in art and kind of gave it up. It's like everyone I know in the creative space, especially I know a lot of people in the design space because that's the space that I put myself in the most because I am a graphic designer too. It's it's almost like, how do I word this? Those people are not without failures, but the mark of what made them as successful as they are is that they just didn't give up. My business, yeah, yeah, no. My first year freelancing, it was crazy because I started freelancing. I've been freelancing this like forever. I don't even, I can't put a date on it, even if I wanted to. But the year before I quit, I had like a corporate graphic design job that was full time. And the year before I quit, the reason, part of the the reason that I quit is because I went and I did my tax return like a month actually it was the same it was like a week before I quit I did my tax return for the previous year and I found out that I made more money freelancing part-time than I did the whole year at my job that year and I was so I didn't know I wasn't really keeping track I was just throwing everything in a folder bring it to H&R Block end of the year and I made more money freelancing and investing because I'm a finance girly I I, I dabble in the stocks and the cryptocurrencies and all that. And I come to find out made more money on my little side hobbies that I spent like maybe five hours a week working on and my like freelance projects that were like once every couple months. I made more money doing that than at my job that I hated that I was working at like 40 to 50 hours a week. And I was so stunned that that was like, I literally was like, okay, I'm just going to quit. Like, it's going well, apparently. Like, let's just do it. I don't have to hate my life. This is great. Uh, And then I quit in the first year after that point in 2022, when I did my taxes for 2022, I only made $14,000 the whole year, which is not enough to live. But fortunately, like I said, I'm a finance girly. So I had a lot, like, I still have like a, a pretty sizable savings account that I'm just kind of of living off of but fortunately this year has been significantly better for me than any other year so like I'm good now but if I had seen that tax return my first year and I had just quit and said oh well this is a failure can't live off of this amount like I had this inner knowing that like even if it took five more years I'm not gonna give this up like this is my dream like this is more important to me than just like looking at a number and being like oh that's not ideal let's give up like you know, and I feel like that's so important too. I feel like a lot of, uh, it's so ingrained in a lot of us that it's so hard to be successful as an artist and blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things, people telling us, you know, that we can't have a creative career because it's so difficult. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe it is difficult, but so is everything else, first of all. And second of all, (laughs) There's always going to be a challenge somewhere, right? Always. Yeah. Like, I I don't know about you, but even other careers, like non-creative careers, I see people posting on TikTok all the time who are in like tech and like other other industries outside of the creative industry who are like, I've been looking for a job for two years and I've applied to over 8,000 jobs and I haven't heard anything back. And it's like, hmm, art doesn't seem so silly now, does it? Because I've been freelancing this whole time and I haven't had a full-time job in almost 18 months now. and I am doing, I'm doing fine. I I wouldn't say I'm thriving yet, but I mean, I just, I feel like I just started. I feel started, right? Like that, that first check that you, like that first year that you got stuff right in the Mm 14,000, like you've gotten, you've already said that you've gotten better from there. So it's just like a matter of time that you, like you start feeling like where you are, where you're at, you start getting better. I mean, it's like learning a new skill, right? Exactly. Adapt, right? Exactly. And I feel like it's so important. Like, I know uh, a lot of the people who listen to ArtWise are younger. And I I just think it's so important to let people know because it does, it has a huge impact on mental health to do stuff like that. So anyway, I do want to ask you some of these questions (laughs) Uh, at some point. So your work, 
explores themes of mental health and pursuing a passion. Um, we just talked about mental health a lot in, in various different ways and how it relates to kind of the topics that I have set out for you for the rest of this episode. Since we didn't get to it in the first 30 minutes, we might as well get to it in the last 30 minutes. So I was wondering, how do you believe that art can have a positive impact on someone's life in terms of their mental health? Well, for starters, I've never been the one to journal. I, I do have like a writing passion, but like journaling about my life and stuff like that never really like clicked or I just like did it one day and then never did it again. Um, so I feel like art can be like a really good version of journaling mm -hmm. because it's more fluid. You're le It's less thinking about what happened and more thinking about like, you know, what's a really cool thing that I can just kind of focus in and kind of relax to. It's again, that meditative state. So I think like it's a way to kind of like re relieve stress that you're having, kind of reflect on what your life is going through, and then also get something really cool at the end of it um, that you can get kind of like that serotonin boost of I did that, I created that, and you can like hang it up. And like, so it's like a, a good step process of like a, a therapy kind of aspect. Um, so I think like art, even if it's just like a weekend thing where you're doing art with your friends or like by yourself. It can be beneficial in the long run, I feel, if it's not like you're full time every day, you're grinding kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I have sketchbooks and I, I do also journal too. Uh, I didn't used to, but I had a psychic. <laughs> I had a psychic tell me that uh, it was going to be really important. I think maybe I might become a writer. I don't know. We'll see. That'd be I, pretty crazy. <laughs> I have actually written a a couple of like graphic novels that are like wholly done, but I'm like, holy shit, there is so much art in a novel. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm. graphic mm. novels are a, uh, are a tough cookie to crack. I've been trying to for a while. It's just trying to get like all the themes because you have to be a jack of all traits, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's put me not put me off entirely as in like, I'm never going to do it, but it's definitely like, starting it and like watching youtube video like literally searching on youtube like how to make a graphic novel it was just overwhelming and so it's like i think that these are just skills i'm gonna acquire over time and then one day when i'm ready like it'll you know i'll be able to do that but yeah. um my favorite thing to do is just like one page spreads um mm -hmm. to get like a quick idea out something happens at the beginning of of the top of the page the end of the page and then like call it a day at least get you like in the door yeah, that's a good idea. I, I, see, I never finished anything. <laughs> this is why I like design so much, though, because I find it like my brain automatically simplifies stuff, and design is just really simple. <laughs> so it's easier for me to like design a brand than it is for me to do like a page of, like that because it's like I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to like the detailed stuff that it's easier for me to just simplify it's yeah, it's a whole all the large aspects yeah I, yeah you can, can see it for sure it's a whole thing so we already talked about this a little bit too but you did mention pursuing like a like a safer career path due to outside pressure so I want to know specifically because this is something that we've talked about a lot this episode and it feels really relevant when like what exactly was the thing like was there like one moment or did it happen over time like what made you realize that bringing art visual art create that kind of creativity back into your life was essential and how did you navigate that transition into pursuing a freelance career it was a rocky transition i'll start with that <laughs> um it was a lot of questioning and stress and um a lot of back and forth um, so what happened is with, like, when I was starting out, like, art back in, like, middle school and high school, it was, like, a big part of me and, like, what I like to do. But I couldn't find, like, a distinguished thing that I could, like, jump into. So I was thinking graphic design, but obviously my dad did that back in the day, and so he was trying to deter me from it. But the tr the big transition of why I was like, no, this is what I need to do is because um, when I was at um, Clarion, when I was at uh, my bachelor's degree, uh, I started to become a hermit, basically. Um, I stopped going to classes. I shut down. I wasn't telling anybody that this was happening. Um, and I started having, like, severe panic attacks. And at the time, I thought that they were just random. Um, I've had anxiety all my life and, like, overactive panic disorder. So I thought, okay, that's just kind of creeping up. And now that I look back, and I think it's because I was so unsure 
about what I wanted to do. I was a junior at the time. So I was like, I still have another year of this to go. And I don't even know if this is what I want to do. So I was backtracking and having panic attacks, wasn't leaving. And then um, ultimately, when I realized I was going to fail that semester, I contacted my parents and was like, get me out of here. <laughs> so from there, um, they were like the best support I could have ever had. Um, they drove up and we unpacked my whole apartment in an entire day and drove back down. Um, and then from there, we had to really kind of figure out where I was going to go, what I was going to do, if I was still going to finish my bachelor's degree or what. Um, which I ultimately finally did as of this year, finished my bachelor's, but decided to change gears and do the graphic design since that was always a passion of mine. And because I needed that therapy back in my life, I needed that outlet to kind of relieve all of the stress that I kept just bottling up and holding back. So from there, then I was like, well, let's go back to graphic design and let's get some sort of degree or at least talk to people in that field. So it was rocky. It was rocky and kind of scary, but I think for like anybody listening that that's okay to kind of be in that rocky state and that you'll find a way out of it regardless you know yeah I I don't know how true this is for you but for me um and this is something I've learned over time because for the longest time uh I just thought I am just you know mentally ill I just have a bad anxiety disorder that's all this is now as an adult years later that I've actually decided what my passions are and what's important to me and what I want out of my life. And I know, and I've kind of like got like my blinders on and I'm like, this is where, like, I know where I'm going now. And like, this is what I, this is actually what I want and not what other people wanted for me. And like, what was going to get me through now that I've made that decision, I feel like my anxiety too. Cause I got, I, I have, what, what are my diagnoses? I have gen GAD, I think general, generalized anxiety disorder. And then I also got a panic disorder diagnosis because when I was talking to psychiatrist dude or psychologist or whatever he was, and he was asking me questions and he was like, what, like what triggers your panic attacks? I was like, I don't know. I just have them. And he was yeah. like, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't tell me like when, when you have them. And I didn't see the correlation. Now that I've completely changed my lifestyle. It, I mean, it's possible. It could be that I'm just avoiding the things I don't like, but like also like, why wouldn't you do that anyway? Like, why would you want to force yourself to do things you don't like? But now that I'm not working in an office setting and I'm like surrounded by people all the time, I feel as though I could say I've significantly recovered in my panic disorder. I don't remember the last time I had a panic attack. And I also... One thing that does trigger panic attacks in me is I have chronic migraine and the types of migraines that I get, I get like aura migraines. So I don't know if that's something you experience. I've noticed a lot of people who have anxiety or like neurological, like the neurological things kind of coincide with like the anxiety because I think stress is like a huge trigger for migraines in everyone, not just people who get them. But the type of migraines that I get are called hemiplegic migraines. And so the first thing I'll usually get is the aura, which for people who don't have migraines um, and don't know what the frick I'm talking about right now, migraines are not just headaches. Like they come with like a whole slew of other symptoms. And mine usually starts with the aura, which is looks like a rainbow zigzaggy line in your vision. It starts really small and then it gets really big or sometimes it starts like on the side and it comes and swoops across your vision but you can see it. And that's like the first thing I'll notice. And that right there is enough to send me into a panic attack because no matter how many of these I get throughout my life, I always convince myself that I'm dying. And even recently, since I've lowered the amount of stress in my life, I don't get them nearly as often, but I still do get them because it's a chronic illness. It's not just going to you know, go away. And I've had them recently, like, and I've had two in the last month, which is more than usual for me. Uh, they usually come in, in uh, clusters. I've done research and figured out that's actually pretty normal. Like, if you have one, you'll probably have like one or two more, like a few weeks following the one because they come in clusters. But like, just getting the aura was like enough to send me into a panic attack. Since I've changed my lifestyle and like, I kind of like know where I'm going more. The last two that I've had, I didn't have a panic attack for probably the first time since I was like a kid, since I first started getting them and I didn't know what they were. And it's, I'm not saying like, 
lifestyle changes are a cure-all. But for me personally, my anxiety was a huge, it was like a big neon sign for me that like something's not right and that I needed to make changes. And then once I made the changes to like make myself feel happier and to kind of take the stress off of like, these are just things that I've experienced, but going into the office and having to work in a room with 200 people on sides of me and having to go into a meeting and take notes and be like, oh, what if I forget to write this down? And having like, now that I don't have to do those things anymore, and I've set myself up to where I'm a one man band, I'm a freelancer, I do brand design, I only work with business owners who are feel aligned to me, their energy feels good to me. Like now that I've made all of these changes, do I still have anxiety? Of course I do. It's not like an overnight fix. It's not even like a a two year fix like that I've been working on, but it's something that has significantly lessened since I've made the changes to get my life to onto the track that I actually want it to be on. And it's really been eye opening for me to think like my my mental health was directly correlated to the fact that I just wasn't doing what felt right in my heart. And I was doing things because other people told me, oh, get a corporate design job. So I did. Oh, do this, this, do this. And I was just doing it because I was like, I'm a kid. I don't know. Like, I just do whatever people tell me to do. And having to make that transition into actually, I hate this, but you know, I see people online doing this. So why can't I do it? There's another way to live. Like there's no rules. Let's try it. Like I've seen a significant, significant increase in, in my mental health and a significant decrease in like my anxiety symptoms. Uh, again, like definitely not fully gone, but significantly easier. you're building that confidence in yourself and your own opinions and what you think is right. Mm-hmm. I think that like really can alleviate the anxiety. And that's the reason why I think like a lot of youth definitely within, I think it's odd in, in any creative field, it seems like a lot of the time we all deal kind of with like different disorders. Um, ADHD I know is very prevalent with the people that I know, but like it, it, it just like the world becomes like so overwhelming and like to find yourself and to find your voice can really alleviate a lot of those symptoms. When I was in high school, for the last two years, my sophomore or my junior and my senior year of, of high school, I was having debilitating panic attacks. I couldn't make it into school. Um, and we didn't know what was happening. We just thought, you know, like I was in my family thought I was getting bullied. I'm like, nope, no one's talking like not not in that regard. I have my friends. I just like I would get to school and I would immediately like I would vomit. Unfortunately, is how my anxiety would always play. I would get really nauseous and freak out. So it was, I would get there for five minutes, go to the nurse, go home every single day. But I kept trying was the main portion. And luckily I got through, but then, you know, then I said it, I'm like, I'm going to be an English major. I'm going to go for technical writing. I had confidence in what I was doing. But then when I started to feel like that wasn't right, I think the anxiety all came back. And then like my last two years of, or my last, yeah, two years of uh, college, the same thing happened. I'm like, I'm not in the right space. I need to figure this out. And so now like, that I've kind of figured out this is where I want to be. And I've met people that have equally been like, yeah, this is where you need to be. Uh, my anxiety as well has kind of diminished to the point where it's manageable. Like, I, again, I still get bursts, like restaurants still freak me out. Like I get nauseous now and again, but like overall, like it's not how it used to be at all. I, I wasn't functioning back then. Yeah. That confidence is what can really help. And not like, again, it's not like the solving solution, like you were saying, but it definitely can can make you feel more confident and more like a, a, the ability is there to get through this. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how uh, similar some of our experiences are because I had the same issue in uh, in high school and it's crazy too because I literally I went to a my pediatrician for it because my parents thought that I was like sick and they gave me like a like an acid reflux diagnosis. Oh <laughs> no. They, they put me on like Prilosec and it just made it so much worse. Like, cause it just, it was so annoying, but yeah, like literally the same thing. And I felt so bad because my dad would drive me to school in the morning and I would just sob the whole way there. And I would just cry. And I felt so bad because he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do we do? And my mom was like, she's going to school. <laughs> but, but, 
and like what like how do I do it like your family also I think like my at least my parents like they felt like stuck of like we want to help you but like how <laughs> yeah my mom my mom's the one who took me to the doctor because she was like I don't know like why what's wrong and I'm telling the doctor I'm like I actually would rather swallow razor blades than go to school and I actually I was unfortunately severely bullied and that was the like I knew that's why I was anxious because I was bullied and this doctor oh my god I have this doctor was I this woman literally handed my mom a pamphlet to like a, a youth group to a church and I was like are you kidding me like I came in here because I have like just chronic stomach aches all the time and I just like hate my life and you can't even recommend like a therapist you're gonna send me to a youth group are you kidding like that is the last anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I that just mm -mm. we could um, do a whole episode on on like the doctor whole aspect. I know for a fact because I'm I'm the same way. I they thought I had a stomach bug um, for the longest time, like or like a something wrong with like my liver or like they were throwing you know darts at a wall basically until someone was like or a nurse practitioner was like, yeah, I think it's anxiety. But as a 16, or I was 15, as a 15 year old, they were like, oh yeah, well my adult patients, they they took clonopin and felt better. So they gave that to a 15 year old and I was hallucinating. And I mean, a lot of my art, you can see a lot of that. Like I'm still kind of dealing with that trauma. Your face says it all. They gave but I was you clonopin? Yeah, I was put on that, but then she wrote the prescription wrong twice. Um, so she put it for too high of a dose for not enough time. So I went through a withdrawal as at 15, 16 years old, <laughs> like three times in total, two times from her, and then one time again to get on something else. I was put on Zoloft after that. But like a lot of my art, like still, you can see I'm, I'm dealing with that kind of like I was like the hallucinations and that kind of like scary, like turmoil, you know? <laughs> Your face again says it all. Sorry, I. It's my, wrong. It's wrong. You're not. Oh my god, it's so horrible. Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing I'm fine now. I'll okay. promise you that. I'm so sorry that my my okay so when i worked at the custom t-shirt shop i had a coworker named mike and he's like my favorite person in the whole world i started making tiktoks about him because i'm trying to find him but i i I don't know. I keep searching obituaries. I don't see his name, but also like the kind of lifestyle he led. I don't like, I don't know if he could be like a John Doe or something. He is one of the most interesting people I've ever met, but I've been looking for him forever. And if I even found him, I don't even know that he would remember me and like recognize me because, oh my gosh, I probably, I don't want to get into it, but he had a, he had like a, a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. towards the end and he told me about it and he was like I'm they said I'm gonna be full on dementia like before I'm 40 like I'm not gonna remember anything and I was just like oh my gosh so I'm trying to find him soon like as soon as possible but I don't know if the reason I haven't heard from him is like because of that or whatever but he also you know he had like struggled with like mental health and things like that and like every time he would start to like get a little I don't even know how to describe his psychiatric issues that he had but every time he he would start to have like a for back lack of a better word like a flare-up he'd be like I have to eat a clonopin because oh. he was on clonopin and yeah. it would mess him up as like a very large like six foot tall like grown man eating like this tiny little clonopin and he was like after he would take it, he was, like, useless the rest of the day. He was, like... Oh, yeah, it just, like, completely comatoses you at that point. Yeah, and I can't even... I just don't... I can't imagine them giving that to a child because even... Yeah. Like, he wasn't even on a high dose, and it wasn't even something that he took all the time. It was just, like, when he had a... I don't know. I don't even really know what it does. I just know what how it affected him, and it just blows my mind that that is a medication that can be given to children... It shouldn't oh be. I don't think she was in the right mind to do that. But, but yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, we get honestly could go into a whole thing about like doctors and stuff like that because it's 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 crazy. Yeah, like, how easy it was to like kind of go through it to get misdiagnosed. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm kind of glad that I got a Prilosec prescription instead of an anxiety med because I used to like. I feel like we're we're kind of taught that like medic medications are are like a cure all, but 
for my migraines anyway, I've been put on a, like some antidepressants and also a, uh, uh, what are they called? A beta blocker, I think for heart stuff, propanolol. And I've never had a good experience, but when I discovered, uh, cause obviously through my business, like I said, uh, a little bit earlier, I work with like a, a big portion of the spiritual community. And a lot of those people are really into like holistic healing Mm-hmm. That's something that's helped me a lot too, because you don't get I the can, side effects either. And I'm trying this. This is new. So if you want to try it with me for anxiety, I don't know if it helps yet because I just started, but apparently a natural beta blocker, because I was severely allergic to the propanolol, like I woke up in hives. But, uh, and that was for my migraines. It wasn't even for anxiety, but they also prescribe it for anxiety. And my neurologist is like, okay, you have rapid heart rate tremor anxiety and migraine this will treat all of it and so she gave me the propanolol and was like take this three times a day but I was allergic to it and honestly I just after that I just kind of stopped going to the neurologist because I was like I kind of am handling the migraines like better now anyway so I don't really feel like I need to be on like a daily medication for them anymore because they kind of they really slowed down like once I made like lifestyle changes and started like eating more regularly and eating healthier and like changing my diet and stuff like I just don't get them as often. So I was like, eh. but something that I was reading because I was like, okay, I need to still try to figure out how I can work like healing foods into my diet to help with like my anxiety and like some of my other symptoms. And there are natural uh beta blockers like as like food and one of the strongest ones is garlic and so I bought like a ton of garlic and I'm gonna make pickled garlic and if you eat like two cloves of garlic a day it's super good for your immune system especially if you eat it like at night before bed it's really good for your immune system but it's also a natural beta blocker so it'll do like the slowing your heart rate down it'll help with tremors and like the Cause you know how anxiety is like, uh, it's like your fight or flight. Like it's just surge of like adrenaline through your body. Yeah. Oh yeah. So garlic will kind of <laughs> prevent that cause it's a natural beta blocker. So I'm going to try that, but I need to buy a jar. I don't have a jar. Like I hate that. That's my problem. I, have, I don't have a jar. So once I buy a jar, I'm going to try to make pickled garlic. Like I'm going to make pasta, take the gar or take the jar. You're all set. <laughs> That's true. I don't think I have any pasta or pasta sauce because I'm, I have like a lot of, this is a whole other can of worms, but I have a lot of food sensitivities. I am gluten, dairy, soy free. So I don't eat a lot of pasta. One of my best friends, same thing. Then he adds all the peanuts and tree nuts and stuff. He's like deathly allergic to. Oh yeah. I can't can't eat peanuts either. Well, I'm not allergic to peanuts, but it's like one of my food. Like I did a test, like a food sensitivity test and it's just like lit up like Christmas tree, like the whole thing. So I'm just like, I, I do like, I do struggle a little bit with like the bread mostly. Oh my God. It's so hard to cut out bread. It's like in everything, but especially soy, there's like soy in everything too. Um, And I also, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but like leg- legumes, legumes, like beans, oh, yeah, like, like chick- yeah. chickpeas and, and like lentils and stuff. Oh my God. They make me so sick. And you I can't just like either. my friend. All yeah. those things. Every single thing. There's actually an app that um, I found. It's called Fig, F-I-G. Um, and you can put in all of your food allergies and all of like the um, like stuff you want to avoid if you have like a specific diet. And you can scan like products, barcodes, and it'll tell you if it's like safe to eat or probably won't be or definitely not so i've been doing that for for my friend because i'm just like i want to buy you snacks but i don't want you to be upset like i don't want your it's just ruin your whole day (laughs) yeah you you know i'll have to download that because oh my goodness it's yeah (laughs) i can imagine the struggle i can only imagine yeah i'm not good about following that diet I went on it. See, I I had a struggle. Like I went on it for three months and then I had a kidney stone and I thought it was the diet, but then I realized it wasn't the diet. It was because I, I had COVID and I was taking, so like the, one of the best things for like, if you really any sickness, but COVID too included is like taking zinc and vitamin C. And yep. so I bought these little they're like little packets and you mix it into water and it's like a vitamin C zinc boost for like when you're sick. And I was taking those every single day. Like it said, when you were sick, come to find out if you 
and I didn't know this at the time because I had never had a kidney stone before, but if your body is able to make kidney stones, drinking those powders that are either vitamin C powder or like any vi- like zinc powder, any vitamin powders like that, it increases your chance of a kidney stone if you're able to make the kidney stone just one packet by 60%. And I was taking it every day. And so I had a kidney stone. It was the worst pain of my entire life ever. And after that, I was like, oh my God, it was the diet. But then I realized, okay, it's not the diet. So I'm trying to like wean myself back onto that diet because it helped me so much. Like I, I, yeah, I, I get super bloated. Like if I don't follow the diet and I just feel kind of sluggish and slow. And then for three months when I was following that diet, like it was the first time I actually like felt really, really good. Yeah. Like the energy back in you, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I need to do it again, but it's hard to do that like cold turkey because you do kind of go through almost like a almost like a keto flu cuz like the stuff that they put in our food, oh my god, this could be another episode although it's not really art related, but like the stuff they put in our food is just like half of it is just like poison and your body's literally like addict like if you're like if you eat sugar, like you're addicted to sugar. You know, like it it doesn't feel like it, but if you go like I can't go a full day without eating something with sugar in it because I get the migraines, like because I'm having withdrawals from sugar and I hate it. But like what am I to do? (laughs) I just eat the sugar, you know? It sucks. It's not the best advice, but like I don't want to have a headache and I don't want to go through like the withdrawals from sugar. So I it's just like not a bridge that I've been able to cross yet. But maybe one day. To bring that into like the art world, quote unquote. Of like, you know, like eating healthy or like, you know, like get, getting the energy back. And I mean, that can help with motivation and stuff like that with like, you know, getting actually focused and being able to like do things. Because if you're just sluggish the whole day, you're not getting anything done and you're definitely not, you know, being creative yeah. or getting any of that stress out. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been talking to everybody about this, but I've been thinking about buying a walking pad for, because I have a standing desk here yeah. already. And so I've been feeling really, really sluggish uh, because I haven't been following my my diet that I usually follow. And it's been over a year. I've gained a bunch of weight because I'm not supposed to be eating the stuff that I'm eating. Um, and I'm just bloated all the time. I feel sluggish. And so I was like, okay, and I'm trying to like wean my back, myself back into that diet. And I'm like, okay, I also want to get a walking pad because this uh, sedentary lifestyle ain't, ain't it. Like not like sitting down or laying down all day makes me even more tired. But if I take a walk in the morning, I feel better. And I'm like, how much better would it be if for just even like a few hours during my workday, if I just got one of these like walking pads, and I just walked for like a few hours a day. And so I really want to get one, but it's like, they're, they're kind of expensive. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I should, but like, it's like, there's so much you can do to like, give yourself more energy. And it's totally like, I can't even blame anybody but myself because it's my fault because these are all things I could have been doing the whole time. And I want to be more productive. But it's it is like, it's a whole process. And it's easier to like, say that you're going to do something. And instead of doing it, like, it's definitely easier to say it. (laughs) It definitely is. We are coming up on an hour. But I did I did want to ask you to you I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it's important you have worked with art fit Kel from art fit too so have I recently and he's been on the podcast his episode I don't remember what number it is but it's a uh, from season two I believe of art yeah, I knew it was earlier yeah it was season two we're in season three so it was a little bit ago but um I uh wanted to ask you about your experience with that and have you talk a little bit about just like your experience doing things as a freelancer and just how how you stay motivated with it all and just what what lights you up and like why you keep doing it and the freelancing like is definitely like getting to meet new people and like talk about your passions and talk about like what makes them excited so that you can bring it to life it was really interesting talking to Kel like the first few times that I talked to him because like you know, he, he had that fire to be like, yeah, like I'm not like, he wasn't like a, an artist. I know he's been trying to work on it recently, like with his TikTok videos, he wants to kind of learn, but he was like, I'm not an artist, but like, I have a passion for like, you know, the archival portion and like, how can we archive newer works of art and people that are, you know, currently around and, and whatnot. 
So it was like super exciting to kind of like learn where he was at and kind of like the, the journey that he wanted to build. Uh, and that's like the same with I started doing work with um, Mariah Elizabeth, um, not with her personally, but with the app that she created, Spark. So I've been working a lot with Spark Creative Play, uh, making like, you know, goofy little backgrounds and um, some fun character designs, some animations here and there. And I got to learn animation actually from this position. I knew a little bit about it, but I actually like wasn't able to fully dive into it. And it's a pain in the neck, but very exciting. So like being able to learn new new mediums, new programs. And then again, just like every new project is like, again, that fire of like, this is a new thing. This is a new kind of opportunity. And I think that's the difference between like the corporate world of art and the freelance version of art is freelance is every single thing is going to be different that comes your way, whether or not it's like the same type of like genre, like you do a lot of like the spiritual and stuff like that. But I can imagine every project is different with a different set of challenges, different, Mm -hmm. even different color palette, you know? (laughs) So I think it's just kind of the freelance world is just an endless, fruitful opportunity. And I think the best way to stay motivated is to reach out and to find new opportunities, even in like your personal area. Like I've been doing art markets and stuff like that, like in the past two years, like just finding new things, new adventures, I think it's like the best way to kind of keep that motivation going. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I know freelancing isn't for everyone, not everybody loves like not knowing how much money they're gonna make in a month but like that's like part of the excitement for me you never know like what a uh what your next month is gonna look like and for some people that's really scary for me I I love that I feel like it's there's just endless possibilities you never know what's gonna happen especially when you're putting yourself out there and like being guests on podcasts and like stuff like that and just like (laughs) it's just a lot of fun because you never know you never know like your your name could be in somebody's mouth and you don't even know it like and you're you're being spoken about in rooms that you're not even a part of yet and you don't even know it because of all of like the things that you do as a freelancer and it's just it's just a huge part of the fun yeah you're like your own community almost and it's like just kind of like weird but like entertaining and really like kind of cool in the end yeah it's very fun so before we wrap up and I'll give you time to do your self promo, I, I have to ask everybody this. It's just too important to miss. What uh, advice or message would you like to convey to artists? Like what, what advice would you give to like a newer artist who kind of wants to follow a similar, a similar career path as you in regards to their art career? Like what would, what would you tell them? I'm going to say just kind of don't give up um, whether or not the road gets hard not giving up is going to be the the thing that keeps you going. And if you feel like you're stuck in a, in a rut, um, find something else that kind of, again, lights that fire and gets you going, whether or not it be in the same vein of what you're doing, or even just picking up a new medium of some sort. Just always keep things interesting and don't give up. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a good idea. You've inspired me to do something later. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna host a workshop because I, I heard you talking about that like and the stuff you're passionate about and stuff and I was like I should do another workshop and I don't know why I thought that but I'm like maybe it's a sign I should do like a creative workshop that'll be fun you guys should come to my creative workshop if it hasn't already happened yet when does this come out the 18th it's not even a month away we'll do a workshop uh if you miss this one that I'm speaking about like if it already happened by the time this episode comes out uh follow me on Instagram not just the podcast Instagram but like my Instagram Kate Merriman art uh anyway Thank you so much for coming on. I do want to give you a second to promote like anything that you have to promote uh, before we wrap up. So self-promo time. Now's the time. Woo. So again, my um, Instagram, TikTok, um, and also Facebook, but I'm not on there often, is at uh, grayariart, G-R-A-Y-A-R-I-A-R-T. And from there, um, I post pretty much uh, every so often. I'm trying to do daily, trying to work on that. But follow me on there. I'm trying to build a bigger following than my uh, my bird. Um, he has his own Instagram as well, at Roll of the Pigeon. So I do have a pet pigeon. So you'll see him on both of the channels often. Um, and then uh, other than that, I don't have a shop yet, um, like online shop for um, art stuff. But hopefully, possibly by the time this uh, website airs, I'll have it up. So follow me on there for an update. Um, for buying stuff and if not if you see anything on there that I posted and you like it just send me a message and we'll work something out I do have an art market but it'll be up after this episode 
or before this episode, but I will be doing markets in Ohio and Pennsylvania sporadically as well. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Deanna, for coming on. I appreciate it so much. Uh, if you guys are still listening and you made it this far into the episode, as always, um, the best place to support us is on Instagram at Artwise Podcast. Post like four times a week on that. And then there's also my personal account, which is Kate Merriman Art. That gets posted every single day. So that's the best place to support us. We also have a contribute to where you can donate to the podcast. I don't sell merch anymore because nobody bought it. So uh, you lost out on that. But if you want to support Artwise, that's the best best way to do it. So uh, thank you again, everybody, for listening. And I will see all of you guys again next Tuesday. Bye, everyone. <laughs>